Good morning. Thank you for your flexibility in allowing us to move the case forward a bit. Uh, case being uh, Klutz Ellison versus Noah Playloft Preschool at all, and we will hear from the appellant. Good morning, Chief Justice and Associate Justices. If it may please the court, my name is Lindsay Weichel with Hedrick Gardner out of Charlotte, North Carolina. I am gonna be representing defendants in the case before you today. Um, the Industrial Commission can only award medical treatment that is directly related to the original work-related injury. This direct relationship requires causation as mandated by our case law. Plaintiff's gastric bypass surgery is not directly related to the original workplace injury, so it is not medical treatment that can be awarded under the Workers' Compensation Act. The full commission and the Court of Appeals ignored the requirement that the medical treatment awarded must be causally related to the compensable work-related injury. Um, plaintiff's obesity was not caused by her workplace injury. Therefore, there is not a direct relationship between the workplace injury and her gastric bypass surgery. Just because her obesity prevented her from having the right knee surgery does not mean that defendants, the employer, now needs to pay for treatment for the obesity. The full commission only used the definition of medical treatment under 97.219 in finding that the treatment must be required to affect a cure, provide relief, or lessen the period of disability to award the gastric bypass surgery. They miss that crucial link of causation that is needed for the medical treatment to fall under the Workers' Compensation Act. A direct relationship or causal relationship between the treatment and the compensable injury is what allows the treatment and allows the industrial commission to award um, medical treatment. Plaintiff's counsel. What you're proposing though is more than just a causal relationship, right? Because uh, one of the well-understood forms of causation is but-for causation. It's a rudimentary form of causation, but it is the one that the Court of Appeals seems to use here. They, they have these two sort of confusing standards they apply, but one is connecting the dots, and then the other is but-for this, this would not have happened. And the but-for is but-for the fact that need to do the knee surgery and it needs to ha happen quickly, the doctors not have said, well then you must have the bariatric surgery. So w why isn't but-for causation the use of causation here in this case? Because um, the but-for causation is used in civil litigation and in the industrial, for the Workers' Compensation Act, it's a compromise for plaintiffs don't have to prove negligence or intention or at fault. They, the employer is automatically required to pay for the wreckage of their industry. And so there needs to be a direct causal relationship and that's why they say implicit in the authority of the Industrial Commission to award medical treatment is the fact that it be directly related to the original injury. 
And so it's not a but-for standard because there's a compromise that is essential in the Workers' Compensation Act between employers having determinate liability and the employees getting benefits and treatment for that workplace injury. So that direct causal relationship is key to any benefits being awarded under the Workers' Compensation Act. Where doesn't the statutory language, though, consistent with the common law, we take uh, someone as they are in civil cases, right? Wouldn't the legislature have needed to indicate an intent that, and something different than the language you cited with respect to um, affect a cure and give relief, wouldn't they have had to do something more to say, well, if you're, whether it's someone because of age or disability, or in this case, weight, you you took them as they were when you employed them, and under the workers' comp we're, uh, statutory structure, we as, as the court need something more from the legislature to Im impart something that's not in the statutory language taking us out of the common law civil scheme. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I feel that's found, and um, defendants feel that's found in 9725, which is directing what medical treatment can be awarded under the act. And there's the legal standard that states, in, in our case law, implicit in the authority for the Industrial Commission to order additional medical treatment is that it needs to be directly related to the original injury. And you mentioned the, um, the, the employer taking the plaintiff or the employee as they are, this is true, but if the workplace injury didn't, did not aggravate or cause a pre-existing condition to worsen or, or get, become apparent, then the employer is not liable to pay for treatment for that pre-existing condition if the workplace injury didn't cause any damage to that pre-existing condition. Well, so take, take the, our current facts and take out the issue of obesity. She'd had a knee replacement already. She, that injury was the commission found exacerbated by her later fall while screwing in a light, fall from a ladder screwing in a light bulb. She had a pre-existing condition. She was employed under the workers' comp statute. The employer's liable to help fix an injury that comes on the workplace, aren't they? Yes, because the direct relationship is there. The fall caused, was found to cause the loosening or aggravate the loosening of the um, hardware that was already in her knee. Here, there was no findings showing that the workplace right knee injury caused her obesity or increased her obesity. In fact, she actually lost weight after the workplace injury. I just want to follow up on the, 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 the commission made a finding of fact that the bariatric surgery was a medically necessary prerequisite to undergoing the right knee replacement. So just following your logic that um, under the workers' comp statute, it's the employer's obligation to pay for the wreckage of their industry um, and the injuries that the employee might receive, here, if, if the bariatric surgery is a medically necessary prerequisite, if it's not covered, then she's not going to get the treatment that she needs for the injury that she sustained on the job. 
Your Honor, I would say that the injury on the job did not create that barrier that is her obesity and her weight that is not allowing her to get the surgery. The regardless of what surgery or what caused a joint need for a joint replacement, her obesity would have prevented that regardless of whether it was at work or not at work. But I, and guess, I guess my point is by failing to cover the surgery that she needs in order to be able to have surgery on her knee, then you're preventing her from being able to have surgery on her knee. And I would say for the Workers' Compensation Act to be applied, it's not supposed to be general health insurance. And if we, if she is unable to get the surgery under workers' compensation, under the Workers' Compensation Act, this would then fall into the General Health Insurance Act. And the Workers' Compensation Act was not supposed to be global general health insurance to be paid for by the employer. But it seems to me that covering what she needs in order to get the treatment to recover from the injury isn't turning it into general, it's not like she is trying to get a root canal or something, right? It's, it's, it's very clearly found as a fact that she, it was medically necessary to have the, um, the uh, bariatric surgery to undergo the right knee replacement. So it, it, it's, she can't get, she can't recover from her workplace injury without this. And, and I guess my, it, it seems to me that if we go down the road of um, you know, j just getting treatment for the, um, that, that there's some elements of treatment you get if it's, if it's something you need not um, caused by the injury but you still need it to recover from the injury, you, know, you could start parsing out all sorts of elements of, of medical treatment and say, well, um, you need the anesthesia because you can't tolerate pain, so we're not going to pay for the anesthesia. You know, I mean, you could, how, where do, where's the dividing line? Um, Your Honor, defendants feel that the dividing line is already put into the case law, and that is that it needs to be directly, the medical treatment needs to be directly related to the original injury. And right, but you, brought, can, you can see how there's some, I, I hear you on that language, and you know I, I have some questions about whether the difference between it coming from the statute or the case law. But where I'm not seeing the line is, so you have an injury, I'm injured on the workplace, I need crutches. Um, a colleague who, let's say, is 60 or 70, the doctor, same injury, same workplace, the doctor said, well, you need a wheelchair. And the wheelchair is a lot more expensive than the, than the crutches. But taking us as we are when we're injured on the workplace, are we going to start parsing the difference in cost between what a sort of average able-bodied person might incur to be fully cured versus the need for a more expensive motor, motorized wheelchair when the commission is charged with making those factual determinations? I think that's what Justice Earls is getting at is, I'm worried it's, we're, we're opening the door for a lot of parsing on what is medically appropriate, one, when that we, we get experts to deal with that and we ask the commission to make the fact-finding on that. Um, Your Honor, it's not about costs. It's about whether the workplace injury 
caused the need for the surgery and that direct connection. Um, and you brought up what if, you know, there's other issues. What if someone has a congenital heart condition and they can't have the knee surgery? If we go with the but for standard that is in place right now by the Court of Appeals, that would mean that the employer now has to pay for the congenital heart condition to be fixed until that person is able to have surgery in their knee. But right, the but the flip to that is if someone has an issue that requires like cardiac catheterization before they can have the medical treatment necessary to cure the workplace injury, sorry, out of luck? I mean, is that what you're saying? And, and I still want a, an answer on this wheelchair versus um, crutches example because I, I think that's important to me. The injury is the same, it's on the workplace, it's directly related. There's a cost difference or a treatment difference associated with fully effectuating that cure. I, I, am I taking your answer to be there's not, there's no issue there, it's directly related so it doesn't matter? If it's, yes, it, if it's directly related and the doctor orders medical treatment and that could be a wheelchair, that would be covered under workers' compensation. However, a congenital heart condition that needs to be treated or prevents um, a surgery because having the surgery is too dangerous based on a pre-existing condition that has no connection to the workplace injury is outside of the Workers' Compensation Act. So I wanna ask an, another hypothetical. Under the Court of Appeals holding, suppose that you're in um, chemotherapy treatment for cancer, but you've been fighting your cancer. It's a, it's a costly chemotherapy treatment, but you've been fighting and you feel well enough that you can go back to your office job. And while at your office job, you have slip and fall. It's a torn you know, Achilles tendon or something where you need a very straightforward form of orthopedic surgery but the surgeon says it's just not medically prudent to perform a surgery like this until your cancer is in remission. Wouldn't the employer have to then take over the cancer coverage for the rest of that patient's treatment, something that could last a very long time? It's yes. very expensive. Yes. That yeah. does not seem like the intent of the Workers' Compensation Act. So there must be some line. And what I think this court has to do is just figure out where the line is. You're proposing what seems to me to be proximate causation as a test, which is hard to justify because you can, as you've heard, come up with lots of hypotheticals where that seems unfair. But it seems like the Court of Appeals has gone too far as well with the sort of connect the dots logic because that eliminates the word directly from the test we created. Any time you connect dots, you know, eventually you'll you can relate something to something else, but it can become awfully indirect. That's the whole point of, if it was direct, there would, you're not connecting any dots because the line goes straight from the first dot to the second. Um, have you come up with any way that we can make what I think you described as the workable test that addresses all these concerns about the outlier hypothetical? Um, yes, Your Honor. Defendants believe it is direct caused by the injury, the direct causal relationship. So if you, you would have to ask if the injury, the workplace injury, 
caused a change and in for the worse caused a harm and that harm is being treated that falls under workers compensation act however if there is no causal relationship direct causal relationship between the workplace injury and the treatment that is not under workers compensation act what the workers compensation act was created to do was a compromise to give the employers determinant liability and in return the employees are given the benefit of the comp of being treated receiving benefits regardless of negligence even on their end whether or not they are able to show there was any ill intent or intentional so this is it's a compromise and the main purpose and the main principle of that compromise is causation and if you cannot say the workplace injury caused the need for this surgery which they did it didn't hear because the need for the surgery is her obesity and that did not increase or was not found to be caused by the workplace injury and so you cannot make the employers pay for a pre-existing condition that was not part of their wreckage of their industry. That Let is me, one more question about that, because I think this is going to be one of the strongest arguments we hear from your friend, which is uh, there's a test that could be created. So let's say, for example, um, someone has uh, a serious blood pressure problem, and doctors have said, you must treat this, take this medication. And it will, in let's say six months, it will lower your blood pressure, but the, um, the employee doesn't take that medication. Then they have the workplace injury, and their doctors say, we, in order to treat this, we have to lower your blood pressure. You can see a test that would say, that's a healthcare problem. Your doctors have told you to do this. You weren't doing it. Your healthcare, your ordinary health insurance needs to pay for you to, and then once it's capable, you'll get what will affect the cure to your workplace injury as the workers' comp system intended. I think what your friend is going to argue is that the difference here is that the commission found that although the, um, the employee's general physician said you, you need to deal with your obesity, there were many ways to do it. And what happened in this case is the workplace injury eliminated some of the, the less risky ways, the, the ways that, um, you know, sort of less costly and have less of a life impact and left only one option, which was the bariatric surgery. And that is because the doctor said, we have to get you to lose the weight quickly so we can get to the knee surgery. And that's what makes it directly related versus you know, a sort of condition where uh, you've had it and you should have been working on that sort of thing. So what, what's wrong with that argument? That that's the direct connection is, I lost my choice, now I have to have a life-altering surgery. Um, Your Honor, if you look through the record, there is no doctor or testimony that stated because of the workplace injury and her inability to say do um, calisthenics or jumping jacks that she is unable to lose weight. Actually what the doctor stated, Dr. Commodore, was that it's because of her, her genetics, her body compensation, composition that she had prior to this injury 
And the fact that she was so obese and needed to lose a great amount of weight is the reason that they recommended the gastric bypass surgery. It actually did not have anything to do with the workplace injury or her ability to exercise. In fact, Dr. Commandall mentions how 75% of um, weight loss has to do with um, diet and genetics, and I believe Dr. Malico even takes it further to say 90% is genetics and, and diets. There is nothing in the record that states the reason she needed the bypass surgery is because of the workplace injury. I was, what I was referring to is, I'm trying, I want to find, in Finding Fact 24, mm -hmm. the commission says, so I think Dr. Barrier is the um, general physician, says, it would be healthier plaintiff did lose the weight, but the emergent requirement for the loss of the weight derives from her need for a total left knee replacement. So I interpret that to mean your general physician is saying you need to lose the weight, but you don't have to have bariatric surgery right now. There are other options. And then you have this knee surgery you have to have. Now you have no options. You have to have the, the surgery. Um, your Honor, in fact, that's not what the doctor barrier stated and in the record um, and we mentioned that we disagreed with um, finding a fact number 24 because Dr. DeBarrier actually does not say that. He states that she needed to lose weight. She's been trying to lose weight for 20 plus years before this. He actually prescribed her phenermine. She was a candidate that, that was diagnosed with ability to have medical weight loss prior to this injury. Um, and Dr. Barrier, he is deposed after this injury and asked a question by plaintiff's counsel whether she needs to have this surgery. And he simply states that she needs to have the surgery because that was recommended after, her, after she was recommended the right knee surgery. And the doctor who actually recommended the right knee surgery, Dr. Commodal, and referred her to the medical weight loss, did not say it was for surgery. He said she needs to lose weight because it's going to kill her. And he said in the long run, if she loses enough weight, then she can have a revision surgery down the road. So there was no emergent, as in meaning emergency, for her to have this gastric bypass surgery, to have the right knee surgery. And Dr. Commodal did not state that it was an emergency, and he did not know whether or not she was gonna be given a diet plan or referred for surgery. Can I also ask you about finding a fact 35, then do you also dispute that that's where the commission finds that based on the preponderance of the evidence in view of the entire record including the testimony of dr malico and dr barrier the full commission finds that the bariatric surgery plaintiff underwent prior to april 25 2019 was medically necessary to achieve the, the bmi of less than 40 a prerequisite to allowing plaintiff to undergo the revision right um, your honor i do not disagree that her bariatric surgery was found to be medically necessary for her to, to get to a BMI of less than 40. What I disagree with in that is that the medically necessary does not relate back to the original injury, which is her right knee. It was not a medically necessary um, 
her, her obesity needed to be treated. That's what was medically necessary with the gastric bypass surgery, not anything dealing with the right knee injury. So you disagree that it was a prerequisite to allowing plaintiff to undergo the revision of the total right knee angioplasty? Um, no, Your Honor, I do not disagree that it was a prerequisite, but whether or not that prerequisite is related to the original injury is, is where we disagree. If there's no further questions, I'd like to reserve the rest of my time for rebuttal. Thank you, counsel. Thank you. We'll hear from the appellee. Thank you, Chief Justice. May it please the court, Chief Justice and Associate Justices, I'm David Shelby from Salisbury, North Carolina, and I represent the appellee, Ms. Robin Klutz Ellison. In this case, bariatric surgery is required to treat the compensable injuries. Without payment for the bariatric surgery, the defendants would be relieved of their responsibility to treat what is an admitted compensable injury in this claim. Uh, it would not restore the injured worker to their health, would not allow the injured worker to recover and return to work. The key here is that if it wasn't for the knee injuries in this case, the plaintiff would not require the weight loss surgery or to lose weight. Um, I think in the hypotheticals that have been somewhat discussed here, th that that's sort of the distinguishing factor. Um, the, Justice Dietz mentioned the congenital heart condition, I believe. Um, and, and this is not a situation where someone is living with a congenital heart problem and they don't need surgery for it. They don't need treatment for it. Prior to this injury, she was living with a weight problem. I don't think any doctor is going to dispute that when someone's obese, losing weight would be helpful. But Dr. Barry, the treating physician, said, well, yeah, it would have health benefits. It's not required. Um, and, and in this case, in, in the example of a congenital heart condition, if someone is living with that condition and treatment for it is not required until after the work-related injury, but then after the work-related injury, treatment is required, then that's not branching out into the field of general health insurance. That is causing the defendant to pay for, to use the, the terms in the Workers' Compensation Act, the wreckage of industry, to pay for what they caused. In the, the scenario the defendants suggest, in the test that the defendants suggest, the defendants would be relieved from liability. If the plaintiff could never lose weight, then the plaintiff could never have the surgery. And the defendants would not have to pay for admitted, at this point, compensable injuries to the plaintiff. Um, so, but can you see how your friend's argument, as I understand it, essentially this, that if you were to describe to someone uh, the idea that you have this employee, um, the employee is obese, the employee has a workplace injury, let's just simplify it, and, you know, has a injury at work and has a severely injured knee, needs knee surgery. And then once the doctors are examining how to do the knee surgery, realize the, the patient's BMI needs to be lowered to a certain level in order to do it, we think bariatric surgery is the approach to that. And then you were to say to the, this person you're describing the scenario, uh, what is the relationship between these two surgeries and the workplace accident? It seems reasonable to say, well, uh, 
the knee surgery is directly related to the workplace injury and the bariatric treatment is indirectly related it's not directly related it is related but indirectly in the sense that this isn't a condition caused by the workplace accident it's just one that needs to be treated in order to treat the injury that's the main one that resulted from the workplace accident and so that's what makes it indirect if we don't say that there are no indirectly related uh, injuries because it, you know they're all there's always going to be a relation so what's your response to that argument that the key to this case is the word directly which is chosen by the courts well I think it's in the case law um, the Thompson the Pittman versus Thomas and Howard case says medical treatment must be directly related to the compensable injury so I think the Court of Appeals was using that language out of Pittman um, but directly related I mean, using the ordinary meaning of the words direct means and I love this deficit this definition for this case to move point or extend project uh, towards a specific line right I noticed that you I, I figured you probably like that definition because you know what a, a statutory constructionist will point out you chose the, to define the verb to direct not the adverb directly which if you look at its definitions are slightly different and not as I think favorable for you I mean how do you address the fact that just in ordinary English usage you know if I was to tell my law clerks I'm gonna leave the building here I'm gonna go directly to the state capitol and then I went outside and I went and got a cup of coffee and went over there I didn't go directly there it's the idea is that you the line you can just draw the line and if you connect the dots you're not drawing the line. You're getting there, but perhaps indirectly, not directly. And that, I think that's your friend's argument is. Well, and that's I think it word. goes, I'm sorry, Your Honor. No, um, I, I think it goes to the rest of the phrase related, connected by reason. And, and this is connected by reason. And I think the reason the commission, I'm sorry, the reason the Court of Appeals talked about this but for is why is it being done? And that's the direct, direct relationship. The defendants in this case to me seem to confuse concepts and what I mean by that is the plaintiff is required to show that the injuries are causally related to the employment which she has done and is no longer in dispute and what they seem to want to the court to do is create a situation where every time treatment is recommended they've got to come in and reprove that causation again and, and I think that there's a second part once you've proven causation that the knee injury is related to the employment then the question becomes and it's a question for the Commission under the law what treatment is directly related and the course have held that what treatment is directly related to a compensable injury is in within the sound discretion of the Commission and is with is within the Commission's discretion and is not uh, disturbable on appeal absent abuse of that discretion and I can foresee if it, depending on how this case moves forward and how it comes out a situation where the appellate courts are now required to address this issue again and again and again um, you know if the example that was given by one of the justices I think it was Justice Earl where, what about the anesthesia is it directly related could a human being un undergo the operation absent anesthesia I mean are we are the appellate courts going to get into the business of deciding those issues or are they going to leave it to the Industrial Commission as long as it is within the sound discretion of the Commission and it is not an abuse of, of discretion to decide those issues which is the way the compact envisioned it and the way it was set up I mean 
cost containment is not the sole purpose of the, of the Workers' Compensation Act. The purpose of the Workers' Compensation Act is also to restore a worker to their health and allow the workforce after injury in the state of North Carolina to continue to work and be productive members of society. Um, in this setting, and the, points, the point was made, in this setting, if she does not have this surgery, they do not pay for the injuries that they admit are related. They do not pay for the surgeries. The worker never has those surgeries. The worker never returns to health and employment. And doing so. That because, but the, the employer stands ready to pay for that. I mean, isn't that kind of why it's, it's not quite as bad as it sounds? I, I don't think the employer in this case is saying, I, I'm not going to pay for the surgery. The employer is saying, we, we stand ready to pay for it. We want you to get this treatment. You have another condition, like everyone else in America, go get your health insurance or however it is that you're going to pay for that, get it done, and then, you know, we look forward to you but it, getting but, better. But easier said than done often, Justice Dietz. Um, well, but not a problem. I agree with you about that, but yeah. perhaps outside the scope of workers' comp to solve that problem. Well, but if there is that but-for relationship between what the injury is and what treatment is needed, then you continue to keep it outside of workers, outside of general health insurance. Um, it is not, I got injured, now pay for everything. It is, I got injured, now pay for what is necessary to treat those injuries. Not pay for my root canal, as one of the justices mentioned. Not pay for um, my teeth being capped. It's not general health insurance. It's pay for what is necessary to restore my health and allow me to return to my pre-injured condition to the extent possible. So in, like, in my hypothetical earlier, do you think the, the uh, uh, employer and their workers' compensation carrier take over the cancer treatment for the patient that can't get the surgery until they're in remission? No, Your Honor. I think there's so a what, difference there. What's but the difference? The difference is in the first hypothetical you gave where there is a congenital heart defect. If that person is living with that congenital heart defect without the need for treatment, then I think the answer is if you need the treatment to have the workers' comp surgery, then the, the employer has to pay for it. In the cancer setting, I think the hypothetical is different because I can't imagine a doctor saying your, your cancer only needs to be treated because to have this workers' compensation surgery. In that hypothetical, I assume the cancer needs to be treated whether or not the surgery is required in the workers' compensation setting. So that would be the, sort of the line I would draw. I don't think you can apply that but-for test under those circumstances that, and say, but for the workers' compensation injury, the cancer does not need to be treated. It's, you're arriving close to where I was arriving and trying to wrap my head around this, but part of my concern then is if, <clears throat> if we try to draw the line somewhere there, that is not what the commission said when it stated the law it was applying in this case, which as a result means it's quite possible they didn't make findings that might be relevant to the sort of test that we're describing. The commission wasn't trying to contemplate when deciding is something directly related or indirectly related. How impactful is the condition on that employee's life before the accident? Were they compelled to seek treatment no matter what? Is it something where they are compelled to seek treatment, but they might have had different options? All these different factors that you might consider to decide how direct 
is that relationship and so we don't there's not a record if we were to adopt a test like that for us to apply it if that's where we end up what would you suggest we do well i think there is a record um i think findings of fact 23 and 24 support that uh, and in his deposition on page 22 line 19 <coughs> dr uh, Barrier testified, and this is the question and answer. I think it, it, this is where that finding of fact 24 comes from. <clears throat> Absent a need to have the total knee replacement, in your opinion, would Ms. Klutz Ellison have to lose weight? In other words, is it a requirement that she lose weight absent the need for this surgery? And the doctor's response was, she wouldn't have to. Now, he then goes on to say, it would be healthier if she did, which I don't think any physician is going to disagree with, but she wouldn't have to. And so that is where we get to the question of, is the workers' compensation injury the reason they have to have this treatment? In the cancer setting, in the hypothetical you gave, the cancer needs to be treated whether or not the surgery is done or not. But in this case, the weight loss, while it might be advisable to, it might be healthier to, does not have to be treated but for the need to have the surgery. And I think that is the line that the Court of Appeals was going down and that the, court of, the, the but for test they said was, look, if this is not a situation where my client was injured and after her knee injuries said, I need to lose weight, just give me the weight loss surgery. That's general health insurance. She only, and she testified at the hearing, that the only reason she wanted this surgery was to treat the knees. I don't think this was the kind of thing, you know, prior to the knee injuries, and I think, you know, it, it seems a bit to me rudimentary. I do agree that there were comments in the record about 75% being diet, 25% being, um, being um, exercise and lifestyle. Um, but with someone who needs not one, but two knee replacements. The, the concept that that condition, where one existing knee replacement is now loose, wobbly, and needs to be put back together, and the other knee needs to be replaced in its entirety, to, to argue that that individual is not at some kind of disadvantage in terms of weight loss, in terms of exercise, in terms of cardiovascular health, is a bit beyond the pale. Um, I mean, I think that that association is pretty easy to, to draw and that inference is easy to draw. What about, you know, one other, and again, I'm just, I'm trying to imagine all the different ways that we could try to create a standard here because I have concerns about uh, an issue as important as this, having the standard be uh, just connect the dots, which I think is something that is gonna Court of Appeals is going to struggle with how, you know, how many dots can you have, how do you connect them, and that sort of thing. But suppose you had a scenario where we said, we're looking at the, if there's a pre-existing health condition, we're examining um, what were the options to address that health condition before the workplace injury, and then trying to, to have some standard that says, you know, what, uh, what options might you have had? What what would a reasonable, per like prudent person have chosen to do in some of these scenarios? And that way, try to have the direct or indirect based on how uh, how things changed because of the workplace injury. 
And then, so you would need some evidence to say, uh, you know, for example, in, um, in an obesity scenario that, uh, you know, there was just no, this is not someone who would have been qualified for bariatric surgery because it was, you know, there were risks involved, there were life-altering circumstances can come from it, and it wasn't necessary, but then this happened, and that gives you the direct relationship versus if it's just, we think it's safe to do it if we lower your BMI. So we have to do that surgery first, that's sort of more indirect. But do you see, could that work or do you think that's just? I think it's more, does the workplace injury now require it? And I believe it was Dr. And I'm sorry, Malico or Maliko, it depends on. But I think he said, look, at this point, this is the only way. She's tried other things. She has tried, and, and counsel noted she had lost some weight during this because she was trying. She needed the surgery. Um, and Dr. Uh, Maliko required some weight loss effort before re recommending the gastric bypass. But his, and, and it's reflected, I think, in, in finding of fact number 23, which is supported in, in Dr. Maliko's deposition. He, he says, at this point, this is the only way. This is the only way she's going to achieve this amount of weight loss. Gastric bypass is the only way she gets to a 40 BMI to have this surgery. And I think that's also, you know, proof in the pudding. She had the surgery after she finally got to a point where she could, and once she achieved that weight loss, had the total knee revision. And absent being able to do that, she would never have been able to treat this injury. And again, I think it's, In, in drawing that line, I think the court has to be cognizant of who is tasked with applying that test. Um, and that directly related, whether or not something is directly related, under 9725 is the sound discretion of the Industrial Commission. And applying that test, it is a test for the commission to apply within their discretion and not subject to review absent an abuse of discretion. Um, and when they find there is this reasonableness between the two, when they find as fact and supported by the evidence that but for the knee injury, she would not have been required to undergo the surgery, then they've met that standard in my opinion, Your Honor. If the evidence in the record were to uh, indicate that her general health insurance would have paid for the bariatric surgery prior to the knee injury, um, would that be a factor to be considered? Chief Justice, I think it could be a factor to be considered, but if they would have paid is a different question than if it would have been required. Well, if, if they would have paid, indicates medical necessity. So I, I, I have a hard time seeing the distinction between required and medical necessity. I think the necessity, I think we're using the word slightly different. Um, to say that an insurer would have paid is medical necessity as required by their policy. I think that is different from a doctor saying, you've got to have this done in order to have this surgery. I think th those are slightly different uh, issues in my mind. Uh, if I, I hope that answers your question. Um, I think 
medical necessity as defined in an insurance policy is slightly different than a doctor saying, you know, you got to have this treatment or you're going to die, or you got to have this treatment or you can't get this fixed. Well, but what it does indicate is that it's a general health risk um, such that uh, the medical, the insurer should cover the medical care. Would you agree with that? I would agree that obesity can be a general health risk, Your Honor. Um, but I also, under the facts of this case, while she had this condition, she was not being required. It might have been advisable, but she was not being required to treat it. Um, and I think that's where the commission sort of hung their hat of saying that, yes, this condition existed. I mean, we know that the plaintiff had a BMI over 40 prior to this accident. Um, but there was no requirement that that BMI be treated except for the need to treat these injuries. And the testimony is pretty clear on that in Dr. Barrier's testimony. Again, he says, absent the need for these surgeries, she would not be required to lose weight. Again, answering this question in Ms. Klutz-Ellison's favor does not turn the Workers' Compensation Act into general health insurance. Um, it does not, as long as there's this direct relationship standard is applied, um, change the act from doing anything other than treating a compensable injury. And again, the alternative would be particularly in the uninsured setting, having an individual injured at work, needing treatment in order to recover from that injury and not being allowed to get it. And that simply... To, to the extent that is your, your rationale, um, doesn't it call into question the distinction that you tried to draw in response to Justice Dietz's chemotherapy? hypothetical because in, in that situation the the worker wouldn't be able to get the treatment and the employer would be relieved from the obligation to cover the treatment justice allen if i understood the question correctly i think the Chemotherapy, the distinction I was drawing between the congenital heart condition hypothetical and the chemotherapy hypothetical was that the reason for treating the heart condition in the first hypothetical is to have the surgery. In the second hypothetical, we have a condition that requires treatment with or without the need for surgery. But in that second hypothetical, then you would say... Well, even though the result is that the employee can't obtain treatment for a workplace injury, too bad. No, Your Honor, I don't, I wouldn't say too bad. I would say under that scenario where the reason for treat, you, getting the chemotherapy is not, so, is not because of the workplace injury, then it is not the employer's responsibility uh, because now then we would be 
I think, venturing off into general health insurance, saying that now that this worker's injured, you've got to treat any condition, whether or not it's related in, in any fashion or in a direct relation to the compensable injury. I just want to be clear. So in that situation, you would say, even though the employee's entitled to treatment for the injury and the employer clearly would be liable for the, that treatment, for the injury, um, the employee would have no recourse. No recourse where the where the need for treatment is not, but where the treatment is needed outside of the setting of treating the compensable injury. That's not the facts of this case. Are that the doctors testified, the commission found that, but for or without, except for the need to treat her. Um, compensable injuries, the obesity would not be required to be treated. In the setting of the chemotherapy issue, the cancer issue, I would assume under the hypothetical that that condition requires treatment with or without the work-related injury. That's not the case here. The doctors testified that but for the work-related injury, she wouldn't have to have this weight loss surgery. No, I, I understand that. I just wanted to be sure that that I am correct in thinking that in your view, in, that, in, the, in the chemotherapy hypothetical, the employee would just be out of luck? The the, I would not phrase it that way, Your Honor. I would say that the workers' compensation carrier would not be responsible under that hypothetical, where the underlying condition required treatment with, with, without regard to the work-related injury. So then I, t I take it, though, you do agree, agree that if it was a rare congenital heart condition and that needed some experimental procedure in order to engage in some rather routine workers' compensation uh, surgery, you know, orthopedic surgery where you shouldn't, it's not safe to do the anesthesia until, you know, on somebody with this condition, you would say the carrier, the employer and the carrier will pay for the experimental heart procedure. If if it was not, if it was right, because you're living fine without it. If you're living fine you can't have your, you can't have some sort of surgery because you can't go under anesthesia. Let's say it's too dangerous if you have this heart condition. Yes, yes, Your Honor. I mean, because again, and I think that is what you said, because you were living fine without it beforehand. Right. Um, I mean, that what we're describing makes a lot of sense to me. If the test was is just is but for causation, I think what's odd is that's not what the courts chose as a test. You said directly related. I'm, what I'm struggling with, as you can probably tell the, this whole case, is what are the indirectly related ones? Um, you know, it just seems like if what we just do is reduce the test to but-for causation, we, you know, we're, we're just overturning a whole long line of precedent and creating an entirely new test. And so directly related must mean something, and there must be another category that are more indirectly related, and there's some sort of a line. Well, the Court of Appeals said, and this is one line that sort of stuck with me out of their opinion, is that while the existence of the plaintiff's weight problem was not directly related to the accident, the need for back bariatric surgery was directly related. And I think that's a distinction that, that makes a difference, that they're not saying that the obesity is directly related. They're saying that the treatment is directly, the need for treatment 
is the need for treatment necessary to treat the workers' compensation injury? And, and I think that's the but for. But for this injury, would she require this treatment? So not for not but for this injury, would she have this condition? But but for the injury, would she require the treatment? Council under um, ninety-seven dash two uh, sub six. Um, injury does not include a disease in any form uh, except where it results naturally um, uh, from the employment or, or naturally from the, um, from the accident. Uh, why wouldn't a dividing line here uh, be that a disease in any form um, not naturally occurring uh, or related to the accident um, or, or related to employment rather um, it shall not be considered directly related. It, let, let me rephrase that. If you have a disease in any form, right, that's not naturally occurring and naturally related to your employment, then it's not compensable. Why would that not apply to the directly related test that we're trying to come up with? If I understand your question, just and, Justice and Berger, I, I think the distinction here is, is that we've proven that injury. We, under the Workers' Compensation Act. This is an injury by accident case. And the underlying knee injury is the injury. And that's where I was talking about earlier, I think the defendants are sort of mixing concepts. We're required to show that the accident caused this injury. We have done that and it is not disputed. Then the question becomes, what treatment is directly related to treat this injury? And the answer to that in this case is, but for the bariatric surgery, she cannot be treated. Right, but, but that, so, so, right, so, yeah. but if, if it's the injury, um, right, the injury doesn't include um, uh, the disease, uh, disease uh, in any form, right? So why should treatment include disease in any form? Because the, I think you're using the definition of an accident under the, the statute, um, or definition of an injury under the statute. And because you, we've already shown that the underlying injury was caused by the employment. And then once you've done that, are we gonna treat the knee injury or not? What treatment is required? Right, but, and I apologize, I know I keep talking around this, but. But if, if the injury cannot include a disease in any form, right, how can treatment of the injury include a disease in any form? Counsel, your time's over, but I'm gonna allow you to answer that question and I'll give uh, your colleague the same time that is required for that. Thank you, Chief Justice. Uh, because, again, if I, I'm trying to address the question if I understand it, because the accident calls the need for the treatment. Because what the, I think what the, the, the drafters of the act at that point are trying to do is say, there's got to be some injury. There's got to be some injury for this claim to be compensable under the Workers' Compensation Act. Once you've proven that, I don't think that same standard applies to what treatment is required. 9725 just blankly says medical treatment shall be required, shall be provided by the employer without any further explanation. 
The courts then have said that treatment must be directly related to the original injury. If the court has nothing, no further questions, uh, we would ask you to uphold the opinion of the Court of Appeals and find that the bariatric surgery uh, is directly related to the compensable injury and required to be paid by the defendants. Thank you. Thank you, counsel. Rebuttal, and it appears you would have a minute and 20 seconds additional time. Thank you, um, Justices. The, we're not trying to create a new standard or a test. Every case that uses the phrase implicit in the authority of the Industrial Commission to order additional medical treatment is the requirement that the medical treatment be directly related to the original compensable injury and it's followed by a causal relationship discussion and analysis. The Court of Appeals cases, Parsons, Pittman, Peeler, Perez, all state that the medical treatment must be directly related and proceed with a causation analysis. Causation is defined in those cases as the workplace injury causing the need for that treatment. So there's a direct causal relationship. Even this court in the Wilkes v. City of Green, Greenville case in 2007 viewed proving additional medical treatment directly related to the compensable injury as proving a direct causal relationship to that injury. Um, so here, what we have, we have obesity. The obesity is causing the need for the gastric bypass surgery, not the knee injury. The knee injury did not cause her obesity, did not cause or aggravate her obesity. And that is a pre-existing condition for which she actually treated for and did need and require treatment. She was placed on a prescription for Fetamine. Her doctor, Dr. Barrier, said that she had been struggling and needing medical help for her weight loss. So this argument that there was no requirement for her to seek medical treatment before the, or after, until after the injury is not with the facts in this case. She did seek medical treatment for her obesity. And the workplace injury did not increase her obesity. It did not make, it, there is no direct causal relationship between the workplace injury and her obesity. And that is where the Workers' Compensation Act will extend out into general health insurance if there's no causal connection to that original injury, which is her right knee injury. Will it become Will it be transformed into general health insurance if we adopt the standard that your opposing counsels advocated, namely that, if, as I understand it, that um, a procedure is covered uh, if it wouldn't be necessary uh, but for the workplace injury? Yes, it does. Because when you, when you use a but-for standard, indirect, indirect causation falls under that but for, but for analysis. And so you are paying for medical treatment that is not 
directly related. And the case law previous has stated implicit in the authority for the industrial commission to award medical treatment is that it has to be directly related. So a but for adds an indirect element and it adds confusion and an unworkable standard. We have a workable standard that continues with the principle of the Workers' Compensation Act in that it needs to have causation and causation and cause the injury had to have caused the need. And here it's absent. I believe, oh, sorry, no, I still have some time. Um, also, I wanted to point out to the justices that actually her general health insurance did pay for her gastric bypass surgery, and that's how it was provided previous to the ruling of the Court of Appeals. Um, there is, and I believe that there was a mention of a root canal um, issue and hypothetical using the but-for standard that my colleague would like the court to adopt, if you have a root canal and it's infected and then they have a workplace injury that they need surgery, well, the employee, the employer now has to pay for that root canal to get fixed and the inf and infection before they can have the surgery. That again is, is outside but of the Workers' Compensation Act. As I understand the argument on the other side, if it's an injury that has to be treated anyway, then it's, then it's not, it doesn't fall into the direct causation. So, so that's why chemotherapy won't be paid for, and if you had an infection that you needed treated anyway, that would not be covered either. And I understand that. I think it also would fall under, it's not related directly, causally related by the workplace injury. And I think that's the standard that's already been founded in our previous case law and so we don't need to make a new standard or have a tenuous connect the dots because as long as the dot before caused the re caused the injury and what is being treated by that treatment then it falls under workers compensation act and in this case miss klutz ellison already was treating and there was a need dr commodore testified that her weight would eventually kill her. There, there was a requirement here for her weight to be under control, but that's not under the Workers' Compensation Act. And the fact that her high BMI that was alerted by her, sorry, I believe my time is up. You, you do have another minute if you would like it and you could respond to the question. Okay, um, just because her, um, the surgery was prevented by this pre-existing condition that she had tried to treat beforehand and, and was unable to like treat her obesity until a doctor suggested gastric bypass surgery does not mean the employer now is responsible to treat her weight issue and her weight problem. It's not directly caused by the workplace injury. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, counsel. Thank you both.